What's up, y'all? You're listening to the first half of our latest episode of Festival Schmestival, where we have our guests book a fantasy music festival using their recently played songs. If you want to hear the second half of this episode, where our guests get to list their dream artists, you gotta become a Two Minutes to Late Night Patreon patron. You get the rest of the pod and other rewards, so check it out! about my dog uh, i was waiting for you guys to stop talking about your addresses so i could start recording what's up everybody <laughs> welcome to festival festival you can't know where we live yeah don't dox me i accidentally doxed myself uh earlier this week because it was my dog's birthday and every every uh every birthday for my dog i make her a little video where i sing the beatles birthday song to her oh sweet and uh, I forgot that she. I had just brought her inside, and she was still wearing her collar, and it was turned around to where it has my phone number on it. Oh, oh shit! I only <laughs> got my I only got my phone number put on her dog tag because I'm like I move every fucking year, whatever. So the for like for 20 minutes, I had like a I had her I had to redo her birthday video because I was like, oh fuck. <laughs> Now, um, do you, go ahead. Do you celebrate her dog birthday, like, or do you just put it into human years? Uh, I put it into I put it into human years. Okay. I just, so every geez. time around the sun. Yeah, I don't. Got I it. don't. I don't. I'm not. I, I can't even keep track of like my own life or my own or like people that are important to me's birthday. So it's just like a miracle that I remember her birthday. In human years. I don't yeah. know if I could keep I think I'd like to do the math. Years. If I ever got a dog again, I think I'd like to do the math. Because who doesn't like a good birthday party? And if I could have like, you know, this year my dog has three birthdays, just the way things fall. That could be kind of fun. That sounds fun. I don't know. I'm, I don't know about... I'm getting well, exhausted. A, a from dog here is uh, what? A, a, a dog here every year is seven years in dog, right? Yeah. I so guess... So you're doing a Seven. birthday party about every 53 days. Dude, I can't even I can't even do normal human being holidays. Like I'm exhausted from just especially this year in the demic times. Like I'm just I don't want to do any more holidays alone in my house. I don't want to be responsible for all of the holidays. Zoom's shit. not filling your void, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I would say a dog birthday is always a really good party. I've never it's had totally. a bad time at a dog birthday. Also, before we uh, before we change the subject, I just have to say this. I've been thinking now for about three minutes about how funny it is to do the birthday song, uh, but change the word birthday to social, like your social security number. <laughs> that's how you dox to yourself. Like you say, that's your social. <laughs> oh, it's my social too. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I hear you. Kind of, right. yeah, kind, it sort of works. It sort of works. It sort Anyways, of works. Anyways, uh, <laughs> Festival Smastival. Uh, by the way, it seems like this episode might be a little robotic because I've heard each of you transform during that conversation. So sorry to everybody really? listening. Yeah, it's a little. Uh, I mean, it might be me too. I can't hear myself, but we're we were all getting a little robot. You're a little oh. loud. Thank you. Yeah, I, I'm, just, I'm just gonna turn my, up a little bit. 
okay. just a smidgen to kind of match. I'm, I'm turning Perfect. I'm down now. Is that better? I, I think yeah, we're all in a good. That's comfortable. Cool. Cool. Hooray. All right. We're all in a safe space now. We're going to make this work. So Liam is the first person who has ever been uh, a guest on the show and asked how the show works before <laughs> we started the episode. So Liam kind of gets the rundown of the show. Uh, we are building a fantasy music festival for you. Um, you like it's uh, it's it's based on you know, uh, a, a Liam Wilson dream festival. Uh, one thing I didn't tell you though, is that, uh, it's going to be 10 total artists and the first five that you have to put on the festival are going to be the last five artists you listened to on your Spotify recently played or Apple music Ooh. recently played. Okay. So that's sort of the surprise element. Sorry. It feels no, a little mean cool. when I do that. No, but I, I think I can work with that. It's fun. Uh, it's fun because there's nothing funnier than the truth. Yes. <laughs> um, well, so, let me go right into that. Yeah, let's go working, right into that. Well, working first off, backwards. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Um, let me uh, – uh, first off, we just got, we got to first uh, – we got to figure out uh, when your festival is taking place? What time of year? What's your favorite time of year for a music festival? You're a uh, musician. I'm sure you have opinions on this. Okay. Um, I'm going to say it's going to be... So, so when I think about festivals or when I think about like my favorite place that I've seen music, and for people who know me, this is going to be so on brand. Uh, <laughs> but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say Burning Man. So this festival, <laughs> you this just want to have you just want to do your festival at Burning Man. It's like going to be at Burning of- Man, yes. <laughs> so and here's why: one, it's you know yes you do pay to get in, but once you're in, you don't pay for anything, and the artists that perform there also do not get paid from like a Burning Man entity. So. You know, for example, I remember seeing like Diplo perform there, Major Lazer, and they're doing it out of the love of the of the the thing. You know, like nobody's paying them to be there; they're just gifting this to the audience. So they've got to do the hard work of getting there, and even just the traffic to get in and setting up your your camp and everything is a heroic pain in the ass. It's part of the journey, but I love the fact that these artists just gift this back to the community. I did not know that. I did not know that that was a part of Burning Man. Yes. I um, I now definitely I I respect that. I don't think I still don't think I'm ever gonna go because like I don't like sand that much. Right. <laughs> it's the cheapest trip to Mars you'll ever take. Um, For sure. But so, as we saw from the photos of Mars, Mars doesn't look that fun. So well, kind of, what's it, what do they say? It looks like there's like an island in Greenland that everybody's like, well, it's pretty much the footage from this island. I won't go down that like Sam Tripoli tinfoil hat wormhole right now. But um, okay, so <laughs> so Burning Man. It's at yeah. Burning Man. It's going to be like end of You're- August, kind of Labor Day weekend. Right at the end of summer as it's transitioning back into like now I got to go back to school. Okay, here's a question. Yeah. Is Burning Man like a place? So Burning Man, (laughs) yeah, it's it's like a state of of mind. Um, 
Well, you're speaking of it like you're going to do your festival. Yes, it happens at the same spot every year. Okay, so that spot is called Burning Man. Or are you just doing a festival inside? You're doing a festival inside of Burning Man. Let me, yeah, let me, I guess I got to set the stage here. So Burning Man happens in the same place every year. It has for at least like the last 15 years. It's out in the Nevada desert. They call it the Playa. So it's basically this big like desert uh, lake bed that during different times of year, there's actually a lake there and then it dries up and they have the event. So, wow. um, yeah, it's the same spot every year, the same time every year. Uh, so the event is Burning Man, but Burning Man is kind of like an umbrella term. So you don't go to Burning Man and be like, this is the greatest party I've ever been to. It's like, no, this is 5,000 parties happening simultaneously. Like if you don't like the vibe over here, you just ride your bike over here and you might find something chill. And if you're looking for something a little bit more exciting, you ride your bike over here and you get a different experience. Or you just ride out into the middle of the desert and where nothing is seemingly happening. And then next thing you know, there's nothing for you know, minutes and minutes and maybe you pass some people and all of a sudden you appear into a different part of this event and there's a stage or like an art car blasting, you know, some other DJ with like 50 people dancing out there. You're like, "Ah, where am I? I don't even know where I am right now. You know, it's about 10 square miles. So there's a lot of room to spread out and do like little rogue art, uh, you know, I I don't know, um, conceptual art or sculpture or you know, some roving uh, music DJ booth type thing. I don't know. It's pretty open-ended, open source. I can't really say what it is because the second, like a quantum physics thing, the second you observe it, it changes. Listen, I had my first panic attack playing Luigi's Mansion on GameCube. I can't handle Burning Man. Yeah. It scares the shit out of me. <laughs> Everything you said, like, yeah. I understand I understand how that's fun and how that's, like, Okay, well, let's talk about anybody. the porta-potties then. No. <laughs> well, I, like... Actually, yes, I'm curious about that. I'm, like, like, uh, uh, like for me, I'm, like, uh, man, that sounds, like, t- uh, way too much. But also, it is very funny that this is... That I now understand what Burning Man is. Because when you first were saying this, I was, like, are you just... You're going to... Yeah, I thought you were like being like, my festival is going to happen at the Warp Tour. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah. That's already a festival. Yeah, but- it's it's not quite that. I mean, the other thing too is like years of touring in a van and, you know, or even less. It's like Burning Man seems like luxury at certain times. Um, I totally understand that. I, uh, that like, it completely makes sense for like a very, like, uh, for a specific like mindset yes and but for me like the concept of wandering around and and and, uh finding like little hidden parties and stuff would stress me the fuck out (laughs) yeah well i mean it's kind of you can kind of find anything there i mean you they have aa meetings there it functions like a city there's a diner there's like really it it, it pops up for one week and disappears it's it's insane i mean it's all all the things you can think of are true there um okay but it's a barter system right like you don't they don't you don't use real money you have to trade something if you want yeah i mean and it can just be your gratitude might be enough i mean there's people just gifting things i can remember one time like my wife and i are walking around and we were like oh what i wouldn't do for a vegan ice cream cone and i shit you not within four minutes we hear like free ice cream and we walk over and somebody is handing out free vegan ice cream i was like this is 
insane. The, the, the difference or the, um, the lag time between you imagining something and it manifesting is like, it's like it, high speed internet. It's a wild situation. I can't explain it. You You're in like an open world video game, but it as feels a like it's. I mean, when you think life feels like a simulation, you go there and you're like, "This is a fucking simulation." There is <laughs> no question in my mind, and this is where all the devs are hanging out. Um, cool. All right. Well, so, this is where okay. your festival is happening. So, not only What's that, ha- this is a sunrise set. Really? So the so band starts maybe as the sun is coming up. You might get the first you know, churnings of this festival. Okay. Listen, that's, uh, I, I'm, I'm stoked, man. Let's, okay. uh, let's dive so, in. So you've already picked the time of year. So, yeah. I've been thinking about, you know, where at least to kind of set the stage a little bit more, I've always kind of been a philosophical, who am I? Why am I here? Kind of person raised Catholic, doesn't, I don't really relate to the religion necessarily, but the questions and the philosophy and the idea of trying to answer some of these big questions has always been in there. Right. Um, from there, the first, I, I think I was like seven or eight years old, I was staying at a friend's house for a sleepover and their older siblings were playing Merciful Fate, Don't Break the Oath in their bedroom. And I was like, what the shit is that? And was like just, you know, drawn to this. And I think that, you know, kind of being raised in that like, why am I here? The funeral idea of like just contemplating death at all. There was something about that other side of it. This like, you know, and this is like early 80s satanic panic. Um, You know, it was just like juicy to me. So... You know, and then moving on on from there, it was like death metal was always like a fascinating thing for me. Um, You know, and then later psychedelics and it just all just kind of branches out into this like, I don't know, vaguely spiritual, mystical thing. That's always kind of been my interest. I'm going to pause here too because I realized I skipped over part of the requirement here. The first five things that are in my Spotify. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we're going to do that is, one at a time. Okay. So <laughs> quick, I'm going to try to make this quick so it doesn't completely derail this, but cool. Um, All right, let's do it. No, that's right. my job. Okay. <laughs> so, right, so from you ready for played, this one? Yeah, no, number one, you it it's just just the artist. You can say, okay. say the song, but you're booking the actual artist. Okay. Uh, this is going to be a little tough, but we'll try. Okay. Alvin and the Chipmunks. No matter what you said, it was going to be funny because they have to wake up early and play Burning Man. But I I don't think anything would have been funnier than Alvin and the Chipmunks. I would stop for 75 years old. (laughs) Wait, yeah, that's that's the question is which. Like, how is, how are you, how do you want to do Alvin in the chat? So, I mean, all of it, this is all based on, I've got a six-year-old daughter. Exactly. When we, I have Alvin and the Chipmunks on like a Christmas playlist. Cause I don't know, it was just, you know, I mean, that stuff is just very Christmassy to me. It's kind of so, um, it's just part of the lexicon. So my daughter got into this and now she discovered like, the new Alvin and the Chipmunks, which looks like complete blender 3D rendering, 
you know, like it's futuristic and they're doing like Destiny's Child covers or like, you know, she's really into Survivor. She loves the Alvin and the Chipmunks version of Survivor. So that's, I guess it's kind of like the timeless version of Alvin and the Chipmunks. I mean, they're kind of immortal. Yeah. Are are they different singers? Like, I, just I mean, pitching, it's got to be doing the pitching. Yeah, it's got to be, you know, and so, it, I imagine it kind of like Guar where it's like, I mean, Guar <laughs> could, could technically go on for like the next hundred years as long as they just keep the characters wearing the masks. Hi, uh, Drew, Drew Kaufman, resident chipmunk expert. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, of course I know this of all the things. Why would I not know this? Uh, Alvin <laughs> and the Chipmunks was originally voiced by Dave Seville, who passed away. And then his son does the voices, but in the oh. movies they have in, in the cartoons. Now they, I, I mean, I haven't, I haven't watched Alvin Chipmunks cartoon in a while, but I know in the movies they have celebrities like Justin Long is Alvin. Um, but traditionally it's been someone from the Seville family voicing the chipmunks. Fascinating. Yeah. Okay. Um, the next one, and this is the complete contrast Wait, um, okay, so it's Alvin and the Chipmunks, but they're doing. But I, I'm trying to figure out like what the Alvin and the Chipmunks set is going to be. Is it them doing all of the contemporary songs? So the uh, the specific album that my daughter is really into is called, and this is I'm a big fan of puns. Chip wrecked music from the Motion <laughs> Picture. So songs like Survivor, you know, it's all of those kind of. Um, Oh, okay. So it's like boat wrecks, like yeah. One of one of the other ones is like SOS or um, you know, uh, right? Come on, everybody, baby, do that conga. I think is on here. If not, it's on another one. So it's like these weird, like island tropical shipwrecky. You know, I, I mean, that's. I'm assuming that's the set they're gonna do. <laughs> okay, they're having the chipmunks performing. Chipwrecks that yes. album. <laughs> wow, I didn't know but, there were yeah. four of these movies. <laughs> oh man, yeah, it's a rabbit hole. Um, <laughs> the road chip. Oh, it's, so it's always just the pun is always chip. Yes, it's got to be. Okay. Um, okay. Next one I've got on here. This, is, like I said, complete contrast. Disincarnate. This was like. <laughs> James Murphy from Death and Obituary did his own, I don't want to call it a solo record, but his like mastermind record. Probably yeah. my favorite death metal record, at least from the early 90s. Um, really? It's crushing. So good. It's really, um, it's really good. I've never heard anyone call it their like um their favorite death metal record. It, it was probably the first officially like death metal record I heard. You know, I mean, I was into okay. metal and like other things that I think some people might categorize as death metal, but for me it was really like unlocking a, a new gateway into like suffocation and things that were really heavier than metal. Cool. You should have James Murphy from LCD Sound System. <laughs> <laughs> I was just See, thinking that. <laughs> that would be more Burning Man appropriate. So yeah, yes. well, doing uh, just a, but no. Uh, so it, uh. There's only the one album, it's right? Only, so it's yeah, no, Dreams of the Carrying Kind. Cool. Are they still? Does he? What's What's going on with this uh, uh, version of James Murphy? What's he doing? 
these I, days? You know, from still? what I understand, he's mostly just producing, mixing, recording, engineering. Um, I don't think he's doing much. I know that he teases a lot about Disincarnate maybe doing something or that he's got demos of things. And, you know, maybe in his mind, it's like, this is going to happen in 10, 15, 20 years is no thing. But as a fan, I'm just kind of like, I, I mean, I'll be waiting forever. I'll listen <laughs> when it comes out. Right. But I don't have very many. Um, I'm not holding my breath anymore. Right. For sure. I, um, so I, I like, cause that's the real question is like, Drew, what do you think? Can he, can, can, if it's just the solo project, does it count as, like something that can break that can break up not really unless he had some sort of like uh existential crisis uh <laughs> where he changed his name you know i think i think that's totally fair we'll, we'll i, know, I think are, he can just do this we jumped into this so fast liam there are some secret rules but uh okay. we'll, we'll get there it doesn't seem like we've needed them yet luckily alvin and the chipmunks and uh solo projects so far pretty well, i pretty wouldn't more. exactly say it's a solo project like it is a band you know, because well, James Murphy also has James Murphy like guitar solo records. Does he? Yes. Wow, I didn't know. I I have not. And like uh, Chuck Billy and Devin Townsend and people like that are singing on them. And like, I know he produces a lot. So I just, yeah. uh, damn. Okay, I'm gonna look into. I'm a bit the of a James, James Murphy, Murphy geek. <laughs> yeah. Because he, um, I know he did. I know he like. He produced. I know he produced like Cause of Death. That's like the thing that I know. Well, he was like. playing on that, right? And then I don't think he produced it. I think that he didn't was produce a, it. I think that might be like a Scott Burns thing, or you know, if it's it not Scott, Scott Burns, Burns, it's like another one of those names. Or once I hear it, it's like, oh yeah, that guy. I'm looking it up now. Yeah, it's got. Um, okay, but he cool. also played with Testament for a record. I mean, he's just kind of like uh, one of those journeymen, I guess you would say. Yeah, I mean that rules. Well, here's you. I I texted you the rules because you asked. <laughs> yeah, so the I wasn't rules completely are, vague on it, but I know that I don't know all. Like you said, all the secret rules and things like that. I'm like, yeah. Uh, so, so in this instance, like um, these rules apply to both five sections. So you get one hologram, you get one reunion, right. you get one full album set, and you get one tribute set. You have. Uh, because if this you, is a Yahtzee, I'm going to say this is the um, the full album set. Well, you don't actually have to. The thing is, you don't have to use the full album set because there is only one album. Right. So you ah. get it. You you actually you 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 made this work for yourself. Excellent. Yes. Yeah. So he on, they only have one album to play from, so they're going to just do that. Okay. Um, All right. I'm going to uh, go. This just is going to get even weirder as so I'm like scrolling. Cool. I'm just literally looking through recently played on Spotify. Um, yeah. The next one I have is Nusrat Fatih Ali Khan. Are you familiar? I am not. So I um, and this might kind of tie into my the next part of this, but he, I've been really into this music called Kuali. It's Q-A-W-W-A-L-I. And it's essentially like Sufi mystical music. And it is like spiritual. It's a lot of like poetry about God or like Allah. Mm -hmm. But like when you hear this stuff performed as a musician, I'm like, 
this is some of the most complicated, fascinating, energetic, like just beautiful music I've ever heard. And this guy is kind of like the Jimi Hendrix of this musical style. <laughs> I'm sure he doesn't call himself that. Well, he probably doesn't call himself much of anything because he's dead. Oh. He really is the Jimi Hendrix. He really is the <laughs> Jimi Hendrix. Well played. Nusrati? I'm sorry. It's uh, I'll spell it. N-U-S-R-A-T. Nusrat. Fateh. F-A-T-E-H. Ali. A-L-I. Mm-hmm. Khan. K-H-A-N. Nusrat Fateh Ali Khan. Awesome. Okay, so he's it's a uh, and the style is called Kowali. Yeah, Kowali that rules. Uh, this it's sounds wild. It's wild music. This sounds wild. He looks fucking awesome. The just this just the photos I'm looking at of him right now. He looks so badass. He um every there isn't one photo of him where he isn't making like cool conductor hands. Yes. <laughs> Very much like arms raised or one arm raised, smiling, just yeah. like in pure Pumped. bliss. And I love it. I love that it's like. So how are you going to, uh, uh, like, uh, what's what's your plan for uh, Nusfrate uh, Ali Khan? What are you going to have? I guess what you can do is you can have someone else perform a set as him. You can use your hologram. I'm going to use want- my hologram here. Cool. I agree. It, this is probably based on what I'm like the images. It seems like such a cool use of a hologram because you're going to want to see this person. Yeah. I mean, his sons, music. I believe like his sons or his family members still perform. I mean, it's like a, this is a tradition where it's often handed down and his sons or whoever, these other people still performing this stuff are, are also fantastic. So if this ends up being a tribute somehow, I'll, you know, wiggle, but I would like to see the, like, you know, the real deal here. Yeah. I'm gay. Dude. Honestly, you smelling when I'm stepping in. <laughs> <laughs> no, this seems like a great uh, use of a hologram uh, of someone who's passed because this is. I feel like for me, like a hologram is such a weird choice. Like when they were, uh, like years ago, when they mentioned that there was going to be like a hologram Roy Orbison or whatever, I'm like Roy Orbison just wears sunglasses and stands there in place. It doesn't seem right. Like there would be anything else but that. Uh, in a hologram, but if you have like a uh, like a hologram of someone with like energy and a presence, it seems that that would be a better use. Yes. of uh, it, it, it gives it more of a reason to because, have because yeah, because otherwise, like a Roy Orbison, I think that a hologram would only be slight degrees above like a really good replaying of one of his best concerts. Like if I saw a video or a film of Roy Orbison performing, I don't know if the hologram would really change that much for me. But I feel mm-hmm. like in this case, if I really had that like three-dimensional thing, he's super energetic, the expressions on his face, the look in his eye, well, Roy Orbison, it's like, he, I mean, he's eclipsing half of his expression just with those glasses. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Plus I guess- with this guy, you know, he's he passed away 20-something years ago. So now the hologram can do all the dance moves that have been invented since he died. Like we yeah. get to see him do Ghanim style, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck yeah. So I would he love can that. walk it out. Stanky leg. He can Dougie. 
Yeah. yeah. He can teach you how to dougie. Oh, my God. News, news frate Ali Khan teaches you how to dougie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. So cool. Number four. That's all we're at? Yeah, number four. So it's this thing, uh, this band called The Life Tones. I think I've, it has, I don't know if it's members of... I'm a little vague on this camper van, Beethoven or, um, or this heat or something. I think there's like some lineage connection there. It's kind of like, I, I, I don't want to call it like prog reggae. <laughs> cool. I don't really even know. I don't know what to call this record. The record is called for a reason. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and again, I'm not really thinking that you're going to call me out on the five things I listened to. It was something where I was talking to somebody recently. This song came into my head as an example of what I was talking about. Because I think one of the counts of the first song is like in 11.8. Damn. If I'm, I mean, I could be a little off, but it's like just a really wacky... They make it feel so linear, but it's, it's genuinely like pretty weird. Um. So, yeah, I don't really, I wish I could say more about the, you know, the band itself, but it's just a record that I was introduced to and was like, oh, this is different. It's one um, of those, um, I'm, I've never listened to it, but I'm just like reading about it really quickly. And it seems like it's one of those records that just sort of like came out and then disappeared. And then someone recently rediscovered it and was like, whoa, this is a gem that nobody has heard it of. It truly is a gem. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh apparently it's like um reshoot in 2016. It's it's a uh, like there was like an alt rock band called This Heat and the guitarist uh and vocalist just released an album and it's this. I mean, are you familiar with This Heat? I am not. Dude. I'm just reading that. Are they cool? Dude, the This Heat Peel sessions, like I think it's from the 70s or something. When you listen to that and you're like, "Wait, this was 40, you know, 50 years ago. It sound it makes Radiohead. It, it I, I won't get into comparisons, but right, it sounds so fresh and so modern and so ahead of its time that you're you're going to be like, I can't believe this record is like 50 years old, and that this is live. It's in, they're an insane band, really, really fucking cool band. That fucking kicks ass. Okay, I'm excited to check this out and. I'm going to check both. I'm going to check out the peel sessions and for a reason that that kicks ass. Yeah. How are we going to do is Charles Bullen still alive? I don't know. He's still alive. Okay. Uh, it, the band is just Charles Bullen and then and his then neighbor, Julius Cornelius Samuel. Hell yeah. Um, he might have he might have moved, I guess, according to that. Um. But I don't know if that guy's still alive. I googled Charles Bullen and uh, Admiral Sir Charles Bullen of the Royal French Navy, and it's a very funny. Uh, it just looks like if uh, Scrooge from A Christmas Story was an admiral. He's just got a just a very funny painting of a human man. Um, anyway, Charles Bullen's uh, Charles Bullen is still alive, so he and this is just him. So you don't are you again? Fucking loophole your way into st- into still like not having to use a reunion card. All right. Well, I don't know how I'm going to get to the next one here. Oh, oh, you know what? I'm going to do a reunion card here. Okay. What's the band? Sixteen horsepower. I have no idea 
who that is. Uh, once again, all right, 16 Horsemen. There's a band that came out. Um, they put a record out on Death Wish. Uh, the band was Woven Hand. Are you familiar with them? Yes, yeah. I know okay. Woven Hand. So, Woven Hand, 16 Horsepower is David Eugene Edwards from Woven Hand's previous band. Oh, my and, God. Fuck. And okay. I, I, like, I like Woven Hand. 16 Horsepower may be, like, if not my favorite, top three favorite bands of all time. Holy shit. They're from Colorado, and I don't know who they are. It's, like, the darkest fire and brimstone like clever play on words with cool biblical old testament uh it's just dark and yeah it's evil it's it's like one of these things where i've discovered a few like really deep metal heads but when i mentioned this band they're like oh but i love 16 horsepower <laughs> damn That's i'm cool. excited to it's it's a real crossover thing that the first record sackcloth and ashes yeah dude just dark dark damn that kicks ass um this is just lining up perfectly for me i love it yeah here's the 16 horsepower the the name you said that and i'm, I'm like that sound <laughs> that sounds like just a band the name of a band that would just play at like someone's bar that sounds like a real it's roadhouse like you know <laughs> yeah it's yeah absolutely I but mean, it's kind of alt-country, but yeah, it's so good. And, I, you know, again, I'm like into the lyrical aspect of things and totally. the way that he he's a poet. He's a bard, um, a prophet even. An evil prophet. It's I mean, but it's not. It's very like Pentecostal. God is going to strike you down. Repent now. But the way he delivers it and like the... The analogies, it's really like he's just channeling something really cool. I could see being into that. Like I'm usually I'm usually uh like resistant to any to a lot of like um I don't know, like Christian leaning music just I as like a just a Jew from Queens. Right. It's just it's it's usually a lot, but I remember weirdly um there's a Tom Jones like uh <laughs> oh my god there's All a right. Tom Jones like church record or gospel record that fucking whips so much ass it's so fucking cool I kind of I like there are like a few artists that have had like uh like uh like catholic uh gospel phases um well and I keep, love it right, I love so that era this is again a perfect segue because okay. where I was going to head with this is literally exactly what you're talking about. I've been super fascinated. Like, I mean, I obviously we probably wouldn't be talking if I didn't come from like a metal community and just like the kind of music I think we all overlap on. Right. Um, but there gets to be a point where it's a lot of ego and, um, especially with metal, it starts to sound so formulaic. It sounds like, it just sounds like everything you would describe about metal. It's exactly that and nothing right. more. And sometimes it gets to be a little boring. Um, I agree. It, or just sterile or just like I said, it's just about shredding and it sounds like music, but it doesn't feel like anything. There's like oh, no, I, yeah, I know exactly very little about. emotion in it. No humor, no, you know, anything. So, um, 
I've also kind of had this reflection on, um, you know, one thing I'm thinking about is like, I take like, and I've said this monologue in other podcasts, so please, you know, humor me for a second. <laughs> but I look at like, you know, an Anthony Bourdain or, you know, maybe even Chris Cornell. We were on tour with Chris Cornell in Soundgarden yep. when that all, you know, transpired. And I look at these guys and I'm like, man, you have, you know, or, or Robin Williams, you know, from the outside, you're like, I look at these people and it looks like they have everything the material world could offer them at their feet. And something isn't filling that, um, you know, God-shaped hole or whatever it is in their heart. They're just not satisfied and nothing in the material world, no amount of money, no sex, no drugs, no anything, fame seems to satisfy them. And then I look at like a George Harrison, who was also in a similar situation. And he just kind of goes this like my sweet Lord route and seemed to die like the happiest dude ever, you know, or even like, you know, you, you mentioned, you know, like a Bob Dylan, you know, he goes through this phase and like, he's got this got to serve somebody, you know, phase, uh, that I just find really fascinating. Um, it, you know, or, and then I start to go deeper into that, like, you know, when these people had their like spiritual years, John Coltrane, you know, there's so many, I mean, Elvis. there's a long, yes, there's a laundry list of musicians who have these phases. And like you're saying, I don't know the Tom Jones records, but when you're saying that, like I on paper, I would hate everything about this, but something about it is so attractive and it's almost like they're tapping into something that's bigger than themselves and not trying to sound like I'm like, you know, first steps in AA, but like they seem to be surrendering their talents to a higher power. Well, I think you're tapping into something that might be a little too deep for a podcast about farting. But I think that this that the that you're talking about, like the turning point, I feel like this is kind of there is that level of fame. And we see what happened. I, I think that, you know, uh, there's that point. Uh, there is that 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 void. And that's how we see people like uh, turn to churches and we or or like Scientology. Sure. Or whatever. You know, there's there's sort of that existential fear that comes in and goes like, oh, it's not all just I. how many Razor scooters can I buy? <laughs> but um, I mostly like because I don't think Tom. I don't think Tom Jones had like uh, an exact like religious experience. I think he wanted to write like a, an album that sounds, I think he kind of wanted to write something that is weirdly similar to 16 horsepower. I think he liked um, uh, just connecting with like, um, like that aspect of religious music or like the Nick Cave album Abattoir yeah. Blues. Do yeah. you know what I'm talking about? Totally. Absolutely. I mean, Nick I Cave love, is very much on that. You know, Leonard Cohen too. It's just like, it's, it, I don't know. It, it definitely like sniffs around. It's something that I think is really fascinating. Yeah. I remember when Alvin and the Chipmunks got back from India and they were like a completely different <laughs> band. I couldn't believe it. They went from I want to I want to uh, hold your acorn to you know um, <laughs> to you know uh, octopus in the you know oak tree. You know. <laughs> I w oh man, do it! The uh, the chipmunks doing acid 
and change it. Oh, like, dude. And just, if they came back and were like, we're not going to sound like the fucking chipmunks anymore. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Hilarious okay. concept. We're going to a better moment.